And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, Episode 75 of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. Hope everybody's having a good weekend. It's Friday. The week is finally winding down for all of those that have gone back to work and have left their homes after the four-month uh, quarantine. I, I hope your week is going well. I hope you had a nice, easy, free week as you finally start to get to the back in the swing of things of all the things that have been happening at your workplace. So we got some things to obviously speak about today. We're going to talk about some of the interesting ways the league could maybe pull some more fans in with the absence of fans, how, how they're going to keep all of us engaged as you know they try to keep and bring that same energy level that we are so accustomed to uh, during the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we're also going to discuss load management. Yeah, I know that's a very strange topic, something that is mainly spoken about in the NBA as well, a little bit in in Major League Baseball. Uh, we're going to discuss that and how maybe we might be seeing some of that in this playoffs, and we're going to be kind of just recapping the Lightning s- schedule in the coming weeks and you know what we're going to just what we have to look forward to and all that fun stuff. So let's start off the show today to start just discussing, you know, the, all the ways that are all, you know, how the NHL is going to be able to keep fans engaged and excited about each game. Whether, you know, re, you're a Lightning fan, you're sitting there watching the Bolts play, or you're going to be tuning into some other games because that's going to be the big thing. That's going to be the, the league's bread and butter and how they're going to kind of regain some of that revenue that they've lost over the last couple of months. So, and the reason I bring that up is because. Has anyone seen, and I'm sure all of you have, because you know, if, if you're a Lightning fan, so you're glued in on all things Lightning, on the internet, social media, uh, obviously on here, because you know, if you're a, a if you bleed blue and white, you're you're definitely a frequent listener of this show. And as always, just a reminder before I get into my whole spiel about this, uh, this podcast is always, you know, this is available wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes. And as always, we ask you humbly, subscribe, download, follow, uh, so you can stay up to date on everything, as well as keep up to date is when new episodes will drop. And if you want to look into some other stuff, as well as, you know, some of the fun content that we'll be running off the show. And I, and I mean, on our social media platform, go to LO underscore lightning on Twitter. And if you want to reach out to the show, of course, tweet to us on there or tweet to me on my personal account. And that's a P Danker D E N K E R. Or if you just want to reach out the show for, you know, put in your question for a future mailbag, go to, Locked on lightning at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from our fans, and we've heard from quite a lot of you. And we thank, we thank you, of course, through this whole uh, time that we've gone through with each other. So why I'm talking about the Yanni Gord, I mean, that's been getting a ton 
of views on social media, mainly Twitter and Instagram. Uh, I mean, it, it's who doesn't love players being mic'd up, whether it's in a game or in in practice, especially in the sport of hockey with the way these players chirp each other. I mean, it was that was absolute gold. That whole that whole it was close to maybe four minutes of footage on Yanni Gord. I believe it was from the practice that they had earlier yesterday. Um, it was it was just cool to see not only you know how they interact with each other in practice, but as you know some of the things that they're kind of working on in practice. We didn't get the whole view, of course. I mean, it was condensed. It was probably like a two-hour practice condensed, of course, into two minutes. But I think that's something that the league should kind of expand upon. You know, I think that's the one thing that we don't really see that often of these days, especially in the National Hockey League. We do see it in basketball somewhat. We do see it in baseball. Uh, football is a big it's a big uh, sport where you see it definitely more times than not. Uh, the mic'd up. I would like to see that as something – you know the league could kind of go into more in depth. It kind of so we could maybe, uh, especially when they do kind of come back from the commercial breaks, trying to get people back into it. You know, I mean, granted, these commercial breaks are what like five, five, ten minutes. I mean, yeah, I mean they're gonna drag on probably even longer just because of all the sponsors that they're gonna be pushing out there with all the people that will be tuning back in. But they need they need to make it also fun. Like I said, because there's gonna be no fans in the stands. And that's just one of the things that rings off the top of my head. The other thing is that they're obviously they're also going to be doing. I know a lot of the sports are going to be doing. So I assume ho- uh, hockey's doing it as well. Is they're going to be doing pumping crowd noise into the arenas? Now I'm not really entirely sure who would that be for. I assume maybe the players, uh, just because maybe uh, so you know the other teams aren't really hearing maybe some of the things or maybe. We won't be able to hear some of the things that is being said during the game. I mean, I'm not really sure. Uh, there was a funny video that also surfaced yesterday as well that Torts, former Lightning coach John Tortorella, was on. And, of course, I mean, anyone that's ever uh, seen a Tort video, uh, especially his his interviews, are just absolute, in, absolutely incredible. I mean, it, it, he just the guy does not care at all. He doesn't care what anybody says about him. He doesn't care what anybody thinks of him. I mean, he's done that. He's gone about it his entire coaching career that way. Uh, he was especially popular up in New York with the post-game interviews that kind of made him kind of infamous for that, uh, just how he was going back and forth with reporters. But they asked him, "Is he? does he care or is he going to be mindful of, you know, there's going to be, there's it's people are going to be able to hear what is being said more clearly on the on the bench now. Now, I guess that may be a hint to maybe they won't have crowd noise. Uh, I, I hope they do just because that kind of – it's going to be super weird. Um, we'll just have to wait and see maybe if they are going to kind of put that into the exhibition games and see how it works and see if that's really something they want to stick with for the rest of the playoffs. But, yeah, um, he his response was, I don't give a shit. Which I mean, come on! If if you would you really expect them to say anything else other than that, uh, John Tortorella? I, I I wish there was more coaches like that in the National Hockey League, but you know what? He's a rare breed. Um, the thing, part of the reason which makes him so special and which makes me miss him as coach at the of the Tampa Bay Lightning is because of his attitude and how he is, and I and that's the kind of thing that players love. I'm sure he could be hard on some players, and you know some of that stuff could maybe 
backfire in his favor with his attitude, but I think overall players love him and they love playing for him and just he's just entertaining overall. Um, and but I think that with the fans not being there, they're gonna have to get really creative. The league, of course, I think that I don't know whether it's maybe between time at maybe between whistles they could do a kind of like interview like you see it maybe in the NBA with the coaches I mean we do get it here and there on the national games with the coaches but not as frequent as you would really think it's not like you would see the NBA it seems like the NBA is kind of like I've stated in the past they're kind of they they do kind of set the example with how they not only promote the league itself but how they promote the players and and the teams and so you know, maybe the NHL could steal a page from that playbook, kind of do something sort of on that level without getting it, without kind of getting too carried away from it. Because obviously, you know, if it's kind of into the Stanley Cup finals and, you know, we're in an exciting, during the exciting last two minutes of the game, tie game or whatever. And, you know, let's cut to an interview of, of John Cooper on what he thinks is going to happen in the next two minutes. I, I mean, granted, I don't think John Cooper is going to want to do something like that. Uh, you know, I they have to kind of do it to a way to where it's entertaining for the fans and it's good television, but at the same time, it's not going to become a distraction to the players. Um, so I guess maybe what they could do to compensate for the for those interviews is maybe do an interview with each coach between whistles during the game, and then maybe cut to a a couple of mic'd up moments with certain players. Um, I guess that's the only way they could do it. I mean, there's not really other ways they could go into it. Maybe they could do a ref cam where they could show certain plays, maybe controversial ones or as a penalty to kind of see maybe, especially if it's a questionable call on a penalty, so maybe the fans could see what the ref really saw close up because, you know, with the angle, with the, obviously with TV is um, – Sometimes we don't always see the full see what the ref sees, of course, and vice versa. So that's definitely something I'm just throwing out that ideas out there. And of course, if you have any ideas as to how the NHL could maybe go about doing things and kind of making it more exciting, keeping the fans engaged, obviously go ahead to our Twitter. It's like I stated earlier, go to lo underscore lightning, tweet to us your best ideas, uh, and shoot us an email at lockedonlightning at gmail dot com. The one thing we don't or haven't really heard at all in the sport of hockey has been load management. And because when we think of hockey players, they're these real, they're, they're tough guys. I mean, that's the best way to say it. They're, they're some of the toughest athletes in the world. Uh, if you look at the four major sports, I think that, yeah, granted football's right up there behind them. I mean, you could go back and forth debating with anyone as to who maybe is a tougher athlete. Now, we're not talking about talent. You know, it, it's it takes a certain level of talent to be able to skate uh, and and handle the puck in the National Hockey League or in any professional league as like as we see these guys do. And so, we're not talking about talent here. We're talking about toughness. And sometimes, you know, let's let's not mistaken recurring injuries or you know all that all that stuff to you know let's not mistake in that as maybe a player or an individual not having a certain level of toughness that we are really seeing um through you know throughout the league you know that's that's durability durability that's a whole different category that you could you, you could measure players up to you know because there are of course 
there's certain Ironmen that have played tons of games in the National Hockey League. Uh, obviously, one of the top milestones in the National Hockey League to have is play a thousand games. And you know there there has been hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of players to have played a thousand games, but it's still one of those things where there's also on the other hand there's been hundreds of thousands of players that have not played a thousand games, and that's because this game is so tough, the wear and tear between playing games and training, conditioning, practices, all that stuff. You know, it's one of those things where it's it's super tricky and it's very, very hard and difficult to be able to play that amount of games and stay healthy for that amount of time. You know, we always hear these stories during the Stanley Cup playoffs as to how players have been playing through injury. Some players have been playing with broken feet, broken hands. Um, some players have lifted up the cup with separated shoulders, but you know, at the end of the, at the end of the long road, uh, with all that, all that pain is definitely worth it. But in, when I'm talking about load management in the NHL, I'm discussing, I'm not saying next year or during the season, we should be doing that. I'm saying in this particular playoffs, especially if you are a round robin team, I'd be shocked, especially if you know a team with, for example, the Tampa Bay Lightning, Steven Stamkos, not exactly known for his his level of durability. It's no secret, and I mentioned on the last last episode, episode seventy four. And if you haven't listened to that, go ahead and go back to listen to that. Um, I always like to tie things in, of course. So Steven Stamkos, not exactly known for his durability, where on the other hand, he is one of the most talented players in the National Hockey League. Make no mistake about it. Granted, and I said, and I made this exact point on my last show, that part of the reason why and what is maybe holding the captain back from being maybe a top five player in this league is because of his durability. It seems. Like and it, and it comes down, you know, it's also the reason I say this and I'm kind of hammering this point home so much, especially with Steven Stamkos. And it's not just Stamkos, it's other players. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But because it's so frustrating, he's such a valuable part of this team. He is, of course, the captain of this team. Uh, but just because a player is a captain doesn't mean he's always the best player on the team. In this case, I truly believe... Um, you know, some people might diff, might kind of debate as to who the best player on this team is. Uh, some people might say Nikita Kucherov. Might say, might some might agree with me as saying Steven Stamkos is the best player on this team. Um, so that's why I bring up load management because he was out for the longest time. It looked like he was probably going to be out under sor- normal circumstances. Stamkos probably wouldn't have been back if until the Lightning if they were to make it to the conference finals, that's when we would have had the captain back uh, due to a core injury. But the Lightning kind of caught a break, unfortunately, with the the COVID outbreak and that the league halting play. And so that was kind of the bright side of all this happening is that, yes, we go a couple of months without hockey, but we're getting a, a healthy team back. Now, that's what we all thought, <laughs> but, you know, what happened was, and I, I was trying to be very optimistic, and unfortunately, uh, Mr. Stamkos did get a lower body injury. He suffered it, I guess, during training or uh, 
you know, whether it was conditioning off the ice, we didn't really get the whole story. We're probably not ever going to get the whole story. He either suffered the injury during working out off the ice or on the ice during one of the practices. Now, you know, you're probably saying to yourself, Adam, you've been rambling for the last five minutes or so about Steven Stamkos. You briefly mentioned load management. We know where you're going with this. Well, let me just tell you, this doesn't all have to do with Steven Stamkos. What I'm saying is that the Lightning are in a very peculiar situation now. A, a peculiar situation, a strange situation that has never happened in the National Hockey League before. But them playing the way they did during the season has afforded them the luxury of a very interesting and possibly future controversial decision before them. And that is, should the Lightning not only think about load management, but also maybe do it in the playoffs? Now, granted, they are in round-robin teams. These games really don't are not make or break. I mean, the, only, the best thing that could come out of this is that they get quote-unquote home ice and I'm saying quote-unquote because we all know by now they're going to be playing at a neutral site in Toronto as well as moving on to Edmonton which right now Edmonton might be a question mark just because uh, if you didn't hear it in the news yesterday there was a massive storm that rolled through Edmonton and that caused water damage in the arena where the Oilers play so I guess we're gonna have to see what happens I assume they're probably working around the clock right now uh, I'm recording this on Thursday night, so I assume as they're, as I'm speaking to you right now, as I'm recording this, they're probably working around the clock to either figure out what other options they might have or fixing that. I would probably most likely assume the latter is more um, likely. So um, I think that the Lightning should consider not only resting Stamkos or maybe doing the whole load management thing. And when I say load management, I'm not saying let's not play him until they play Philly. Now this but I'm what I'm saying is that maybe reduce the number the the total you know minutes on the ice. And I'm not just saying Stamkos, I'm also saying I'm speaking for other injury prone players such as Ryan McDonough. Ryan McDonough is just an, another player. Just you know, he he's he's a very important part of this team. He does a, a whole lot for this team on the defensive side uh, of of the puck, and this team really needs him. You know, I I've stated multiple times in on numerous episodes how Steven Samkos. We all know, you know, I'm not going to go through this all again. Steven Samkos is a huge part of this team. In order for the Lightning to be successful and have any real chance of winning a Stanley Cup this year, any serious real chance or even put a threat onto that is to have a healthy Steven Stamkos. Now, I also agree in the same respect to Ryan McDonough. Uh, for the Lightning to have a real chance at winning a Cup, because granted, you still got to play defense, you still got to have a solid D D line, you got to have McDonough healthy. And the same goes for John Ruta. John Ruta's been... He's been on and off hurt this entire year. Um, I believe he had a lower body injury that he was dealing with on and off. Uh, same thing goes for him. Now, they are afforded the opportunity to do such things, to let these guys, you know, kind of just get back in the groove, get get used to some of, you know, kind of get, get back in the groove of getting up to game speed in these games, but not playing them a whole ton of minutes where, they're really not going to risk getting hurt. Now, when I say 
that. I say maybe put them on for maybe two to three shifts per period. Now, I think that's maybe reasonable. If you want to ramp it up towards the end of the round robin games, that's fine. But let's not let these horses sprint out of the gate at full speed right away. Let's build up to build up to it. And then when we finally get down to the to the, the home stretch, then maybe let them loose a little bit. But, you know, part of it is also you have an opportunity to let guys like Alex Pierre Boulet, Jamel Smith, Alex Volkov, Cal Foote, you have a, a huge opportunity to let these guys get in the swing of things, kind of get used to playing with these other with the other players on the team, as well as kind of getting up to game speed, seeing how they fare, get their confidence up. You know, because I'm sure other teams will kind of be doing some of the same thing as well in terms of uh, limiting the uh, minutes on the ice for some of their top, top players. But I don't think they're going to go crazy with it as maybe – you know, have a guy play. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying let's let's p- have Stamkos play one period in the first game, maybe two, the first two in the second game, and then maybe maybe a shift or two or whatever the case may be. I'm not saying that. I want him to play because I don't want him to get rusty. I want him as soon as the puck drops for game one of the round robin rounds. I want. And the first game, of course, is against the Capitals. And we'll talk about all of that in just a little bit to recap things. Um, I want him to be ready to go. Because this is if, if they don't get him going, if they if they don't keep him fresh, then it's going to be all for naught. And then the Lightning are going to look stupid because one of their top players isn't exactly up to game speed. Is How likely of a situation is that where it could happen? Very unlikely. Um, I think that they're going to be doing a lot of in-game scenario drills in practice to where even if he's not playing enough in the games to where it's going to be comforting towards Lightning fans, at least he's still going to be ready. And I'm saying the same for as well as an Andre Vasilevsky because, like I said, the Lightning are in a very interesting situation where they could take full advantage of it. this, where they have a fully healthy team. Granted, the lower body injury Stamkos, but he should be fine. He's just going to be limited during training camp. Uh, they have a very good opportunity to not only have everyone healthy, but, you know, kind of limit them. Like I said, let's not let these horses sprint out of the gate just yet. Um, Vasilevsky, let's keep him fresh. He's the best goalie in hockey. I don't care what any of the Vezina Trophy um, numbers will be looking like uh, when they finally announce maybe the votes. Because, uh, obviously, you know, we spoke about this during the season. Uh, you know, Hellebuck is favored in some of the polls. Uh, I believe, I think the other one was Ben Bishop was the other favorite. Uh, I mean, if, if if you think that anyone else other than Andre Vasilevsky should be winning the Vezina this year, then you haven't really been ho- watching hockey that much. So I think what they should do with Vasilevsky during these round-robin games, because like I said, they don't really, it these, the long scope of things, it's not going to matter. Long, uh, Home ice advantage doesn't matter this year. It doesn't matter. So, really, you're just playing for who you're going to play um, for your future matchups. And it really doesn't matter at this point. I don't care. You know, I've, I've said on past episodes, we could be playing the Rangers. We could be playing the Hurricanes, Penguins, Canadians, uh, Blue Jackets. I don't care anymore. I don't care who they play. All I care is that this team is playing well because I believe they could beat anyone. So, they what they should do... They should take these games. They should platoon McInerney and Vasilevsky, whether it's Vasilevsky starts game one, 
and then maybe halfway through you switch him in for Kirk McElhenney and then game two you start McElhenney and then you have Vasilevsky and then so on you know and do this flip-flop it on the third one if they want to do that that's fine if they want to play Vasilevsky that's fine as well if maybe they think that maybe they should just play him every minute of every game in the round robin especially that exhibition game uh, against Florida that is going to take place before that and he catches fire I have no problem with that um, they just need to keep in mind that you know you don't want to you just want to have these guys as fresh as possible uh, yet while they're in game speed so I mean we'll just have to wait and see how they handle it load management isn't exactly a thing that we hear a, lo- a ton about in hockey uh, maybe sometimes you'll hear about it very subtly when a player is coming back from injury and he's still struggling with it, but they want to throw him in the game to see how he is. So, yeah, we'll just have to wait and see. I think they should look into it, especially with Stamkos, Ruta, and McDonough. Vasilevsky, I mean, he's super young, so I'm not too worried about that. So just to wrap things up, uh, I'm just going to lay out the schedule for what's coming up for the Lightning. So on the 26th, they will be traveling to Toronto, and I believe they will be there will be a mandatory quarantine for a couple of days or so. And then because on the 29th, which is a Wednesday, they'll be playing a 12 o'clock game against Florida. Now I'm not entirely sure if they're going to televise this exhibition game. Um, I would hope so. Just so, you know, especially um, we could get back and, you know, just watching any kind of hockey. I don't care. You know, it's just been too long. I'd be shocked if they don't. Um, Like I said on the last episode, don't take too much stock in this exhibition game. This is just, this this is just like something like a pickup game for them. I mean, granted, yes, it's it's an organized game, but you know what I mean. I I mean that you know they're just gonna go out there. They're gonna try doing what they always did, Um, and it's gonna be fun. You know, it's gonna be fun playing against your in-state rival. So that's something to also look forward to. And then after that, on August third, they'll be playing the Washington Capitals as game one of their round robin matchups. And that will take place on August 3rd, Monday, 4 p.m. game. Uh, that will definitely be on TV. Um, you know, and of course, there's there's a bunch of games going on before and after that during the day. So you'll be we'll be in the full swing of things ready to go. Uh, and then the second round robin game will be Wednesday, August 5th, 4 p.m. And that'll be against, be against Boston. Uh, I mean, if you if you've been a frequent listener of the show, uh, you know that the one team that I want the Lightning gunning for all times and has been gunning for all season is the Boston Bruins. That's been the one true threat, I believe, to this team all year. Um, if you look at the standings, yes, they beat the Lightning out. And, and I believed all year there was only one team that the Lightning only had um, in their path that was kind of holding them back. And I truly believe this, that the one team that was really a threat to them from because I've always said that the Stanley Cup was for the taking for the Tampa Bay Lightning. This is the perfect time for them. They have a great goaltender. They have a great group of guys on this team, young and super talented. And the only team that is soup is only a real threat to them is the Boston Bruins, and they are very identical um, in many ways, uh, playing style and talent. Um, they all they have high. They're both high octane scoring teams. Very fast, very aggressive, very great goaltending. So that would be a great matchup, even though it's it's a round-robin game. And it really is just, if you're going to look at it, it's only really a a just an extension of the exhibition games. Um, it's still going to be a really exciting. I'm still going to be pumped up for it, and I'm sure a lot of Lightning fans will be as well. And then finally, before maybe we kind of start to realize who the Lightning might be playing, 
um, barring a tiebreaker, which I'm sure there will be. And remember, tiebreakers are going to be decided by regular season points percentage. So just keep that in mind as well. Round Robin Game 3 will be Sunday, August 9th. Uh, time for that is to be determined. I guess that depends on how the other games are going, the other series are going. And that will be, of course, against the Philadelphia Flyers, which I said, you know, I don't really look at them as the immediate threat like the like the Boston Bruins, but at the same time, they're not a team to be taken lightly. Uh, they're gonna they they play the same way they always play, uh, tough smash mouth, Flyers hockey, and you know that's been something that's a style of play that the Lightning have kind of really struggled with this year until the acquisitions of Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman, and Zach Bogosian, where it looked like up until the uh, postponement of the rest of the season, it really looked like they were starting to come around, especially in that that last matchup in Boston where they were playing uh, home and away against uh, the Bruins. Yeah, so I think out of all those games, I would have to say, even though, like I said, it's just an extension of the exhibition games just for me because really home ice advantage doesn't really matter at all because we're playing in a neutral arena. Uh, I would have to say Boston just because that's the team that the Lightning are most likely if they do advance, barring some catastrophic meltdown or, or you know, upset, whether it's to the Lightning, fingers crossed, hopefully not, knock on wood, or, you know, a, a upset by another team to the Boston Bruins. These teams are going to run into each other. So you got to kind of get a little preview uh, see how these teams kind of stack up each other early on in the stage. So that's been it for today's episode, episode 75 of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you in the next one.